Russia attacks Ukraine, and we don't have an alpha male to be found anywhere in the United States government. It is absolutely pathetic. Premium cigar imports skyrocket in 2021. I have the details, and the FDA approves something that will blow your mind, if not something else. This is the Cigar Dave Show with the General. Quite the adventurous 24 hours, starting last night when Vladimir Putin made good on his threats to attack Ukraine. But boy, did he give the, not only Ukraine the old one-two punch, but also the rest of the world caught flat-footed. We will get to some comments about that. But, as always, I extend to you my long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the Soviet Union. Save America. As always, we come to you from Command Center Alpha. And the Cigar Dave Show is presented by Davidoff of Geneva and their portfolio of Avo cigars, including the Avo Heritage. Crafted through centuries of traditions, Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage available at DavidoffGeneva.com and by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant. The five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver. Offered in both Corojo and Maduro presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Well, last night, as I uh, get ready to hop into bed at the Pleasure Palace, all of a sudden, I start to see bulletins. And, of course, Putin made good on his threat to attack Ukraine. But not just the eastern part, where everybody thought he was going to attack, but starting to pound all the key command and control centers, taking over the airport. And as we... Record this show. And by the way, normally we drop the Cigar Dave show weekly on Saturdays. But because of all the current events, we want to keep it timely. So I'm recording this right now. It is 11.47 a.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, February 24th. And we are going to be posting the show today as soon as we are finished recording here. So in the event there's any other important details, I want to keep things timely. We will do a special either Cigar Dave or Bold Alpha show or Bold Alpha podcast over the next couple of days. So it's very important that you subscribe to both Cigar Dave and the Bold Alpha podcast, our brother podcast. So Putin howling the last couple of weeks, troops all over the place, and President Zelensky of Ukraine is saying that over the last few weeks, no, nothing's happening. We can have peace. Don't worry. The, the, the West and America is getting everybody panicked. Well, instead of using that time when he sees 150,000-plus troops all over the place to prepare his military and make sure that their assets, their military assets, are properly positioned and ready to go, he's essentially rolling over did nothing of the sort. The Soviets, and I call them the Soviets because that's what they are. They're not Russians. They're Soviet commie bastards. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. And General Patton was right. When we were done with World War II, when we, we finished off Hitler and the Nazis, 
At the time, he said, we're here. We got our troops. Let me go to Moscow and finish those Russian bastards, son of a bitches. Patton was right. Patton was right. And Putin, who has now consolidated power, Russia is no longer a democracy. It's a joke. Putin now is essentially president for life. He has consolidated power. Now, I understand that there are parts of Ukraine, the eastern third, are primarily Russian. And this could have been negotiated, where NATO, the U.S., the, the, the proper people in, in, in Ukraine could have said, look, they're Russian. They're ethnically Russian. They want Russia. They like Russia. Fine, take it. Leave us alone. But no, this goes back to 2014 when there was government change in Ukraine. And of course, all the Europeans who, and, and, and the think tech geniuses, these people that have never done anything practically in their life, they just sit there in academia or in their own little think tank bubble thinking, well, this is what we can do. This is what we can do to make Ukraine better and, and we'll eventually get Ukraine into the NATO fold. I don't blame Putin for not wanting to have missiles and NATO missiles on his border in Ukraine. This would be the equivalent of having missiles in Cuba. We went through that before. Most of us weren't alive, but it happened, and Kennedy dealt with it, and the missiles left. We weren't in a comfortable position knowing nukes were pointed at us. I understand why Putin and the Russian government would not want to have nukes in Ukraine. And by the way, Ukraine voluntarily gave up their entire nuclear stockpile. They gave it up. Hindsight, they should have probably kept them. But what we are seeing now is a failure at every level, and primarily it is Europe. It is Europe that once again has problems on their own soil. And when you take a look at last century, we had World War I, we had World War II, there were other uh, incidents within Europe. And it's always the United States of America that has to come in and bail out these feckless Europeans. President Truman formed NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, so that the European countries would be able to defend themselves. And the treaty at the time required that every country spend 2% of their gross domestic product on defense and equivalent contributions towards NATO for membership. There's a handful of countries, including the United States, that have fulfilled their obligations over the years. The biggest sons of bitch, cheapskate, lousy, nasty allies are Germany. Those Nazi bastards have to this day refused to put up their required, by contract, by agreement, fair share of 2%. And when Trump pressed Angela Merkel... She said, well, we'll, we'll in the next 20 years, we'll build our way up to it. And he said, no, you're going to do it now. And in the meantime, what do they do? They sign the Nord Stream 2 pipeline deal. And Trump at the time was ridiculed. He was derided on every single lib network, by every dem, by every lib, when he said, we need to make sure that Europe and the NATO partners pay their fair share. And they went after him ruthlessly and brutally. And they said, oh, this just shows that Trump is in bed with Vladimir Putin. He's an agent of the Russian state. What a bunch of horseshit. Everyone knew it. 
But we had Adam shit for brains Schiff spouting off that Trump was a Russian agent. And you know what is pathetic? That 50% of the country believed it. And what do I always say? 50% of the country is stupid. 50% of the world is stupid. Not us, because we're smart alphas. We're intelligent. We don't apologize for being alpha males. Trump went at the time and said, number one, pay your fair share. And oh, number two, why are you signing with a deal with Russia who we as NATO members are all paying to protect Europe from down the road? So now you're going to be reliant upon Russian natural gas and oil for energy? And you have to remember that Germany over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, they've dumped their coal plants. They are uh, closing down their nuclear plants. And now they're become, becoming, and they have become beholden to the Russians. And Trump said, we'll sell you all the gas you want. And now here we are, several years later, and now you've got a weak, feckless, brain-dead, illegitimately elected commander-in-chief in the White House, sitting in the Oval Office, that is clueless. He's weak, he's feckless, and everyone around him is pathetic. Anthony Blinken displays overt, massive amounts of beta tendencies. He's afraid of his own shadow. If you listen to him, the way he talks, well, Russia, we're very concerned about Russia. I'm afraid of them. I want to get under my covers and hide because they're the boogeyman. I'm scared, but we're going to stand up to them. This man protrudes weakness. He projects weakness. You look at him, and the guy, from his posture to the way he talks, he looks feckless. He looks timid. He looks afraid. Why? Because he is a wussified beta male. And this is what happens when we elect, not we, when a a commander-in-chief, a president, is illegitimately elected. And you can tell me all you want, oh, that's the big lie. Bullshit. Baloney. The facts are all there. It's the Democrats and the lipstream media that choose not to look at the facts. And remember one thing, when a Democrat or a lib opens their mouths, they are lying. They're always lying. The last four or five years, we've seen it. Trump's a Russian agent. Trump's got Russian collusion. Trump uh, liked to have women pee on him. I mean, you name it, the nonsense that was spewed. And the chickens have come home to roost. Because Europe, over the last 20, 30 years, hasn't paid their fair share. They never want to go in and fight. They're in the backyard of Ukraine, of Russia. But they always love to look over to their good allies across the Atlantic. Hey, U.S., why don't you come over and save us? Why don't you pick up the tab? We need your help. We, we, this is democracy. You have to save us, America. And I say, screw Europe. They're on their own. America first. And what's the argument we're hearing now from all the Democrats and all the Biden apologists? We must go and sacrifice for a country that values freedom the way we value freedom. I'm sorry, that's not our job. That's not our job for our troops to be put on the ground and our equipment to be put on the ground in Ukraine. Not our job. Not our war, not our problem, and neither is Europe. 
And if Europe wants to fall to Russia because they're not kicking in their fair share and they're being short-sighted and they want to do business with Russia and be dependent on Russia, that is their problem. Not our problem, that's their problem. Taiwan is a far better ally than Europe is. Now, there are some exceptions. Poland is paying their fair share. There's about three or four countries, in addition to the United States, that are actually paying their fair share. Poland is one of them. So they should be recognized. But Germany, they're a bunch of deadbeats. And they're a very wealthy country, one of the largest countries in Europe. They don't write checks. They don't send their people. That is wrong. And so now what we see are the chickens have coming home, are coming home to roost. All the, the problems that have, been, that have been laid over the last 20, 30 years, from NATO not paying their fair share, from NATO relying on the U.S. to always bail their asses out, to Democrats taking their eye off the ball and lying about President Trump and Russia and this collusion nonsense that not only wasted the country's time, but in my estimation, was treasonous in how they deflected the attention of this country to what needed to be looked at, and that is our enemy China and Russia. And Trump called it out. Remember, Trump supposedly is in Russia's back pocket and is an agent of Vladimir Putin, yet he's the one saying, hey, Germany, you're a bunch of idiots. Don't sign this Nord Stream 2. He called it out. And so what does Biden do, mister? I'm going to get tough with Vladimir Putin. Putin's, he, when I come into office, he, I, he, I've looked at him in the, in the face, in the eye. He's a thug, and I know how to deal with thugs. First thing he does is roll over and approve the, the Nord Stream pipeline. Trump didn't. Rolled over. And then now we see the effects of when a wussified, beta, feckless, brain-dead, illegitimately elected commander-in-chief sits in the Oval Office to acquiesce to the ultra-left loons in his party, the climate changers, the Green New Deal he wants to enact. He says, we're going to eliminate the Keystone Pipeline. We are going to stop all the domestic exploration. We're going to kill leases. So we went from being an energy-independent country in less than a year to an energy-dependent country. Every day, there are 8.5 million barrels of oil that we consume in the United States. 8.5 million per day. As of the end of 2021, where are they coming from? 4.5 million barrels are coming from Canada. Number two, 700,000 barrels from Mexico. And who's third on the list? Vladimir Putin and the Ruski Soviets. 595,000 barrels per day. And number four on the list, Saudi Arabia at 555,000. So when you add those up, that's roughly about 6.5 million barrels. The rest comes from the United States. Hard to believe that a year ago, one year ago, the United States of America was energy independent. Now we're dependent on Saudi Arabia, on Russia, on Mexico, on Canada. I'm not worried about Canada because they're our allies, although with Justine Fidel Castro Trudeau, you never know what's going to happen up there. 
but we have gone from being energy independent to being energy dependent. So we sowed that little seed. And then you've got Europe over the last 30 years that have sown their seed of not paying their fair share and relying on the United States. And then the seed that was planted with an illegitimately elected president who is clueless, who doesn't know where he is. I tweeted last night that America can take comfort knowing that while the Russians have invaded and attacked Ukraine, our illegitimately elected commander-in-chief is snuggled under the covers in a deep sleep until noon today. Pathetic. So all these little seeds have been planted, have now uh, germinated. They have, they have uh, blossomed. We are all paying the price. Putin's not afraid of the United States, not with an illegitimately elected wussified beta male as president, with a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley Mouse, who's worried about white extremism, white supremacism, as he says, or white privilege and climate change as the number one and number two items affecting the military. Again, Putin and Xi Jinping of China are laughing their asses nonstop at how feckless this country has become. And then we kick out men and women in the armed forces, trained men and women, because they don't want to take an experimental vaccine. How, to quote President Trump, how stupid are we? We are stupid under the feckless leadership of these clowns with the Anthony Blinkens and with the Lloyd Austin as Secretary of Defense. He was here as the, as the general in charge of Central Command, McDill Air Force Base. Very close, says the crow flies, to Command Center Alpha here in the Cigar City of Tampa. Now, I talked to many people that know people at CENCOM, many former high-level ranking officials, and I asked them over the last year since Austin was named, I'm like, what's the story with this guy? When he was in Tampa, nobody ever heard of this guy. Now, almost every other general that runs CENCOM is involved in the community. You see them, you know who they are. Nobody knew who the hell Lloyd Austin was. And the comments I received was, this guy is an absolute dud, a total zero, feckless. And now we see it. We see this clown. So we've got a bunch of feckless, weak, wussified beta clowns that are running the show. Commander-in-Chief, Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. After Russia invaded Ukraine last night, it's a legitimate question to ask. Do you feel secure sleeping at night in the United States from a military invasion, knowing who's in charge? The answer to that is hell to the no. It is ridiculous. And I'm just seeing now Russian jets launch air assault on Ukraine airport. They, I'm telling you, Putin played Biden, played NATO, played Europe, played everyone. I mean, it's not even a fair fight because everybody thought, oh, they're going to attack from the north and the east. They didn't think missiles were coming in, that they're going to come in and destroy command and control. I'm looking at a map where Russian attacks have been reported. I'm looking at three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen cities right now, including the capital of Kiev. And it's not Kiev. I don't know where the hell these 
these ultra-liberals come up with this Kiev. It's Kiev. Everywhere you look, they're invading from the north. They're invading from the south into Odessa, from the northeast. They're invading virtually on, on, all, on three sides, three out of four sides. Coming in from Belarus to the northwest, Russia to the, to the northeast, and also from the southeast into Odessa. It is pathetic. None of us should feel safe, should feel secure with the feckless, incompetent boobs that are sitting in the White House, in the Oval Office, in the State Department, or in the Pentagon. The chickens have come home to roost, and Europe's not doing a thing, we're not going to do a thing, and we shouldn't. Not our fight. But I, recall, I want you to remember one thing. It's always under Democrat presidents when Putin launches an invasion. When he took Crimea, it was under Obama. And what did Obama say? Oh, I'm going to make sure that we have Ukraine properly armed. And he sent him over blankets and pillows. I mean, let, let Mike Lindell handle the blankets and pillows and the slippers. And then with Biden, another Democrat illegitimately elected president, do we send anything over? Do we send weapons for, for the Ukrainians? Nope. Trump did. Not a thing. It is beyond disconcerting. It is beyond pathetic. Now, one thing I thought was very interesting, maybe this is an angle that could be played. Russian soldiers who were poised to invade Ukraine bombarded women, Ukrainian women, with Tinder messages starting Tuesday. Many women, Ukrainian women, reported that they were getting pictures of the Russian military uh, men in interesting shots, interesting pictures. One posing with his pic uh, pistol, another in full combat gear, others showing off their, uh, their little tight vests, sending these pictures to women on Tinder. Now, if the women were smart, what they should have done is said, Oh, comrade, you look very sexy. Would like to have sex with you. Sexy time, as Borat say. Invite them in, and then, at the right position, right when you got them where you want them, boom, whack them. And believe me, there's many compromising positions. A lot of things that can be done to the Russian soldiers. Very, very harmful in certain positions, if you know what I'm saying. That would have been a good way. Maybe the women could have been more effective than the Ukrainian army and Navy and Air Force. They are nowhere to be found. Again, the moral of the story, you better have alpha males in charge with big, strong titanium balls. If you don't, you are in a position of danger and weakness. And that's exactly what we are seeing today in Washington, the Pentagon, White House, the State Department. It is beyond pathetic. It's, it's when you look at how weak and how wussified, these guys are the poster children for being pussies. Total, absolute pussies. Biden, Austin, Milley, Blinken, all a bunch of giant illegitimate pussies. And who's going to suffer? We are. We can't vote 
red and Republican fast enough and get President Trump back in the office, Oval Office, soon enough. The national, or uh, correction, the international cigar litation ceremony around the corner. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, maybe I shall do litation ceremony as Russian comrade. As Vladimir Putin, my fellow comrades, I'm here to tell you that we are going to expand our universe. We are going to attack all the pleasure police installations, all the enemies of pleasure, all states that are not cigar friendly. We'll immediately go and we shall attack. We shall attack and we shall make all world cigar friendly. But I probably get tired of speaking like a Russian for the next 10 minutes or five minutes, however long it takes. In any event, what am I in the mood for? You know, I'm in the mood for something on the medium to full-bodied side. Nothing too light, nothing too heavy. Hmm. I've got an array of about six different cigars that are in front of me right now. But I think, hmm, you know what I'm in the mood for? It's not an expensive cigar, but I've got the JFR Lunatic Short Robusto Habano right in front of me. We featured it in our officers club in the past. And I think I'm in the mood for that today. This is one of the nice cigars that come in from the Nicaraguan Tobacco Valley, the uh, Tobacos Bahia de Jalapa factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. Very nice stick, not expensive. You're looking at about six bucks, can't go wrong. Nice looking Robusto. Mexican San Andrean Maron wrapper, Nicaraguan filler and binder. Good price. You're looking probably about six bucks. Not bad at all. I think that's what I'm going to enjoy today. And again, one of the uh, cigars we featured in one of the past Officers Club selections. And I should tell you, as you know, we've not had the January or February Officers Club selection. Why? Supply chain issues. Manufacturers could not get the cigars to us between either bans or tobacco not available or shipping, you name it. We're hoping March we, we will be in good shape, back to our normal schedule, cannot promise it. But it is looking good. I will have an announcement on that early next week. I want to confirm it before we make the announcement. But it is unbelievable what has taken, I've never experienced what we've ex experienced the last six, eight months with supply chain issues, with costs of shipping going up, with everything. And so, in beginning in April, April 1st, the cost will go up from $22.95 to $25.95. We have not had a cost increase in about eight years. Have no choice. Shipping just went up again. Everything has gone up. So we're going from $22.95 to $25.95. If you remember, in the March selection, you will see a note indicating as such, don't want to do it, but unfortunately, 
We don't control inflation. That's a product of FJB, Joe Biden. Bidenflation. Thanks, Joe. All right, we shall continue with our litation ceremony. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening, double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. I've got the Cigar Dave R&D Labs five-star, symbolizing my five-star rank. Five massive jet flames, nice compact lighter, translucent tank, arranged in the Pentagon shape. I can tell you something. If this five-star was in the Pentagon running the show, the priority would not be on climate change bullshit or kicking out men and women of our armed services, trained men and women, because they didn't want to take an experimental vaccine. And I'm not anti-vax. I have been vaccinated twice. I will not take a booster. More research has come out. And by the way, quite interesting that the CDC has purposely withheld research on the effects of the Wuhan virus vaccinations, specifically on men 18 to 49. And when the New York Times, the liberal New York slime, broke the story, the CDC said, well, we didn't want to release it because we didn't want people to be confused. And we didn't want the wrong messages getting out. No, they didn't want the truth coming out. That's the fact. But if I was running the show, I can tell you, we wouldn't have the clowns that we have now that are in leadership positions, kicking out men and women of our armed forces because they don't want to take a vaccine that, by the way, is now obsolete. Please, climate change is our number one enemy. Please, it's China, it's Russia. Wake the hell up. Cigar, Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. Let me toast the foot of this JFR Lunatic Short Robusto from Aganorsa Leaf, one of the great growers in Nicaragua, as well as one of the great manufacturers. Toasting the foot of this cigar. Very nice. About a 52 ring gauge, 54 ring gauge on this Short Robusto. Mm. Very nice. Nice draw. Mm, nice flavor. Mm. Tell you what, the Mexican San Andrean wrapper gives just a nice spice with some sweetness, with some peppery, just beautiful notes of coffee, espresso. Mm. Glow on the foot, perfect even amber glow. Mm. Outstanding. Mm. Very nice. Again, six bucks. Great price for a great cigar. JFR Lunatic Short Robusto from Aganor Salif, formerly known as Casa Fernandez. Beautiful cigar. When you return, have a full report, updated report on the cigar boom that is continuing and has continued in 2021. I think it's going to moderate into 2022. We'll tell you about that. And the FDA. The FDA, which should be worried about safety issues regarding medications. Oh, how about the vaccines? But instead, nope, now they have been spending their time on approving a rather interesting product that I will share with you as we continue around the corner. Question I receive most, 
from Connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balance smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. When I began the predecessor to the Cigar Dave show, Smoke This, back in July of 1995, the country was going through a cigar renaissance, a cigar boom that really peaked around 1997. It started around 1994 and 95, was really kicking into gear, 96, full speed ahead, and then it topped around 1997. And at the time, at the peak, there were 420 million premium cigars, handmade cigars, sold in the United States right around 1997. Actually, it was 418 million was the peak. And I remember the cigar industry before that, talking to the people in the industry, the Frank Yanezes of Villazon Cigar that makes uh, Hoy de Monterey and Punch, Stanford Newman of J.C. Newman Cigar, Questeray and the Diamond Crown, they both told me that the only people that were buying cigars were old men. And they were dying off. Their customers were essentially dying off. And they were selling, if they were lucky, maybe 80, 100 million premium cigars a year. And then something happened around 1994. And it was before Cigar Aficionado came to the scene, way before. There started to be a renaissance amongst younger people with the finer things in life with single malt scotch, with better spirits, with martinis, with luxury products, where people were working hard and they wanted to enjoy their life. They wanted to enjoy a premium product. And cigars fit the bill. And we saw the introduction of a cigar dinner in California at one of the Ritz-Carlton hotels. And then it started taking off like wildfire, almost virally, if you will, before what we knew what viral was with social media. All of a sudden, people across the country in restaurants and hotels would be doing cigar dinners paired with great food, great spirits. Started to grow. People started to become interested. All of a sudden, you started to see some new cigar manufacturers come on the scene. And then Cigar Aficionado came. And then Smoke This and the Cigar Dave Show came along. Again, we called it Smoke This for about our first three years, and then as we broadened to become more of a lifestyle, an alpha male lifestyle show, we changed it to the Cigar Dave Show. And during that time, the peak was 1997, two years after I started the show, 418 million cigars were shipped. And then what we saw is the introduction of what we call Don Garbage cigars. Cigars that weren't worthy of being a premium cigar, where people wanted to just cash in no matter what because there was such a frenzy to get cigars and the industry was caught off guard. And as we know, you can't just sit down today and say, okay, there's a cigar boom. We're selling as a company, we made 10 million premium cigars last year, let's make 35 million this year. You can't do it. You've got to grow the tobacco, you've got to age the tobacco, 
You've got to roll the cigars, hire new rollers. You have to let the cigars age. It's a multi-year process. And we saw people that were getting into the industry with buckets of cash because it was a hot industry. And they were paying big money for tobacco. They were making the cigars. The cigar was not, the tobacco was not aged. They were releasing it, and people were buying it. And then what happened was, as the demand started to soften, remember, all these people flooded in, and then, like anything, it doesn't keep going up, up, up. It starts to moderate and level off. And some people that discovered cigars, some said, eh, I liked it, but now I'm not, it's not for me. But there was a core base that continued, and we saw strength over the next 25 years. A very viable industry was growing at a good clip, not huge, but compared, you know, 300 million cigars, 280 to 300 million cigar premium cigars sold annually, compared to 80 to 100 million, that's an industry that's three times the size, a very healthy industry. And we saw boutique companies get in. We saw the Rocky Patels get into the world of cigars and Nick Perdomo. And we saw many other Alec Bradley, you look at Alan Rubin, uh, Ralph Montero, who combined for Alec Bradley cigars. You look at many of the companies that were formed, that was right around 95, 97, 99, 2000, and thereafter. Well, what happened was we saw a leveling, about 300, 320 million cigars. But something happened with the pandemic. Actually, I would say that one of the great benefits of the Wuhan virus and the lockdowns were the fact that now people could enjoy cigars when they wanted because they weren't in the office all day. They were working from their homes, from their man caves, from their outdoor patios, and now they could light up a cigar while they were working, doing Zoom calls or on their computer. If your work allowed you to work from home, you could fire up a cigar. You could have a nice libation. And so what we saw was in 2020, during the lockdowns, right around March, April, people were staying home, but the cigar, the internet cigar retailers were booming. People were buying cigars by the box because now they said, instead of being able to smoke one, two cigars a week, now maybe I can smoke one a day if I want because I'm home. I'm in my outdoor man cave or in my garage man cave or my basement man cave. And that's what happened. And so the internet retailers told me that they made their entire 20, 2020 numbers by right around June, end of July. And in a three-month period, they exploded. And then as retailers were able to open up and sell cigars by either delivery or at the curb, they started to experience another boom. And then we saw 2021 build on top of that. For the first time, since 1997, imports of premium cigars into the United States exceeded 400 million cigars. And with November, the a, a huge showing for the month of November premium cigar imports, it pushed the number to 420 million of cigars imported in the U.S. in 2021. So December is probably going to finish strong as well. When we get those numbers, we'll report to them. But in November, the premium cigars imported up 7.4% over the previous year. In 11 months, 
shipments of premium cigars into the United States up 33.5% over 2020. And those numbers, the 2020 numbers, were up over 2019. But what we are seeing now, and I stated this, is we're seeing a moderation. We're seeing now the market starting to settle. For example, in 2020, December had a 71% increase in premium cigar imports. So 2020 finished out the year with 361 million cigars sold. We're probably looking at about 435 million cigars, or 440 million for 2022. And that would exceed the peak year of 1997 when 418 million cigars were imported in the United States. And usually everything that is imported goes out and turns quickly. I have spoken to many manufacturers. I've been to the warehouses of many manufacturers, and they've all told me the exact same thing, that when we get a delivery, we'll get a big delivery, and we'll fill the warehouse, and by the next morning, it's all gone. The warehouse is empty. The back order situation is still very large. Manufacturers are starting to catch up but it is still in a critical situation. Although I spoke to three manufacturers this week that told me they, for the first time in about a year and a half, now actually have inventory that is remaining in their warehouse. Because before, it would come in, immediately be shipped out. So now they're telling me that they actually are doing better in terms of inventory. And again, nothing keeps going up, up, up at 30, 40, 50, 70% clips. So when we look, for example, December of 2020, up 71% over the previous year. I believe December 2021 may be flat or could be up just a little bit, but now we're starting to see a semblance of normalcy to the market. And the manufacturers are happy about it. They're all thrilled that they're selling more cigars than ever, but at the same time, they said, we wanna be able to balance our shipments, know what we can plan, know how much to plan for, have an idea of what we need, what comes in, what goes out, what we need to age. Nobody wants to be in a position where when a, manuf or a retailer calls a manufacturer, they say, sorry, we're back ordered for six weeks. You want to be able to enjoy your favorite cigar. And I guarantee you, over the last year and a half, you've walked into your retailer and you have found many cigar boxes either empty or they just close the top of the lid to indicate that there are no in, there's no cigars of inventory in that particular box or at that particular brand. So the cigar industry is healthy. Prices gone up again. And I think we're going to see annual price increases. Wouldn't surprise me if we see a second price increase this year between shipping and raw materials and labor. Most of the manufacturers increase prices about 5 6%, some 7% January and February, so we will keep an eye on that. But that's not hindering people buying cigars. They're flush with cash, they want good cigars, and they're paying for them. Now, the problem we have to contend with, as we know, is the FDA, the enemies of pleasure. Mitch Zeller, uh, Zealot Zeller, who oversees the tobacco control part of the FDA. He announced that he is retiring. Who knows who's going to be put in. But for the last 10 years, the FDA has been harassing the cigar industry because they have deemed cigars to be in the same category as cigarettes. And so now there's been all sorts of hoops the cigar industry has had to go through. There's all sorts of legal cases and lawsuits. It's a mess. The reality is we know that cigars are totally different than cigarettes. 
They're smoked differently. They're not smoked for nicotine. They're smoked for pleasure. They're smoked in moderation. But as we know, the FDA doesn't care. They could care less. So I find it amazing whenever I see the FDA deviating from what they really should be spending their time on. They should be spending their time on cigars. They should be spending their time on watching the imports of food from, say, China or other medical raw materials and medications from China, since we're reliant upon our enemy China for all of our medications. I remember a number of years ago, the dog treats and, and cat treats that were coming from China were deemed to be poisonous and hazardous. And of course, the FDA ordered pulling of all the Chinese dog and cat treats from pet store shelves. Now for my dogs, I have never purchased any dog treat that contains junk or that comes from China or another country except the United States of America. In fact, my preferred treat for Pendragon's Royal Sultan when Sultan was alive and now Pendragon's Royal Baron are doggy chicken chips, company in Florida down on the uh, East Coast. It is chicken tenderloin that are sliced into round little chips, crunchy chips. It's like almost uh, chicken jerky. No salt, no additives, no chemicals. Now, I used to pay like for a pound, I think 28 bucks. I just bought three bags, 42 bucks for a pound. Now, there's a ton of chips in those, but I would rather him eat those than the junk like a milk bone. Look at the ingredients in milk bones or some of the other treats. Not interested. Chicken tenderloin, that's it, or I'll give him the cod fish sticks, which is the cod skin made in the United States. I don't buy any of them that come from overseas. The FDA should be spending time on the safety of our food supply, safety of our medications, not on cigars, and certainly not on permitting, on, on, on testing and making a big deal over the first condom specifically indicated for anal intercourse, or as Borat would say, for intercourse in the anus. You can't make this shit up. I received a press release yesterday for immediate release, U.S. Food and Drug Administration. FDA permits marketing a first condom specifically indicated for anal intercourse. Other FDA cleared condoms can continue to be used for contraception and to prevent STIs, but the FDA specifically authorized the marketing of the first condoms indicated to help reduce transmission of sexually transmitted infections during intercourse in the anus, as Borat would say. The condoms, which will be marketed as the one male condom, also indicated as a contraceptive to help reduce the risk of pregnancy and the transmission of STIs during vajayjay intercourse. Now, before the authorization, the FDA had never cleared or approved condoms specifically indicated for anus intercourse. This is what the FDA is spending their time on. Not on making sure that our food supply is safe, that the medications that come from China or India or any other country are safe. They're worried about approving a condom to be used for anal intercourse. Intercourse in the anus, as Boret say. Yes, sexy time. I don't know, maybe Pete Buttigieg and his husband Chastin can be the celebrity endorsers for the one male condom. Not that there's anything wrong with that, just saying. Now, the study found that the condom failure rate was 0.68% for 
anus intercourse and 1.89% for vaginal intercourse with the one male condom. Now, I thought these were interesting little statistics here. Condom failure rate was defined as the number of slippage, breakage, or both slippage and breakage events that occurred over the total number of sex acts performed. For the one male condom, the average percentage of adverse events was 1.92%. Adverse events reported during the clinical trial included symptomatic STI or recent STI diagnosis, 0.64%. Condom or lubricant related discomfort, 0.85%. Partner discomfort with lubricant, 0.21%. And partner urinary tract infection, 0.21%. This is what the FDA is spending their time on. A condom approved specifically for intercourse in the anus. Does it shock you why Americans have a very low opinion of the Washington swamp bureaucracy? Does it shock you why Americans are kind of fed up with all the bullshit coming out of the Washington swamp? Does it surprise you that the FDA spends time on bullshit items like this instead of the important items. Oh, and the bullshit items of trying to essentially wreak havoc and destroy the cigar industry. Instead of spending time on the important things, they're distracted with harassing cigar manufacturers, cigar connoisseurs, increasing taxes on cigars, and approving condoms for males to stup each other up the anus. I think we can take our tax dollars and put them to far better use. In fact, one of the better uses maybe would be for a penal warmer. This is a true story. A Finnish skier, Remy Lindholm, who participated in the men's 50-kilometer cross-country skiing race that was shortened to 30 kilometers because of the incredibly brutal, howling, freezing winds had a very disturbing health item take place during the 30-kilometer cross-country skiing event. He experienced penal frostbite. You cannot make this up. Apparently, the cross-country skiers wear these super tight aerodynamic suits, and there's not a lot of warmth in the private area. So he ended up with penal frostbite, and a heat pack was used to attempt to thaw out his appendage, his tallywhacker, once the race was over. He said, when the body parts started to warm up after the finish, the pain was unbearable. The thought of penal frostbite is one that I honestly thought I would never be, never ever discuss. Certainly when I started the Cigar Dave Show, Smoke This, and then Cigar Dave Show 27 years ago, never once would I thought that I would be talking about the FDA approving a condom for anal intercourse and a Finnish skier participating in an Olympic cross-country skiing event with penal frostbite. And there's a simple solution to that. If he would have had a woman with, his, with her mouth warmed up, maybe every few minutes some hot chicken broth, and just warm him 
while he was conducting the race, he wouldn't have had that problem. Or maybe after the race, to perform penal warming maneuvers. PWM, penal warming maneuvers. Not for pleasure, of course, but taking one for the team to make sure the finished skier was properly warmed, rewarmed up and that they wouldn't have to, I don't know, when you have penal frostbite, what, what happens? Does it become an icicle and just fall off, crack off? Who knows? Don't want to know. But suffice it to say, you can't make this nonsense up. Between the FDA and what this finished gear went through, it just gets more and more bizarre. Now, here's what we will do over the next several days because the events are very fluid. What's going on in Ukraine, in with Russia, who knows? We're... We don't know. We don't know if we're on the precipice of World War III. Who the hell knows? But all I will tell you is, if I was Biden, and I'm not because, number one, I have a functioning brain, and number two, I'm not a wussified beta, and number three, I was not illegitimately elected. But if I was a legitimately elected alpha president, I would make it very clear to Putin, any American is harmed. If a hand is placed on any American... Anywhere in Ukraine or during the invasion, we're coming after you. He sent out a very, very stern warning to the West and the United States in his speech yesterday saying that we recorded, I think, three, four days ago, stating that don't mess with us. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Don't mess with us. If you do, we will unleash everything on you, essentially threatening nuclear war. And if I was an alpha male president that was strong, for example, like a Donald Trump, and this would not be happening under Donald Trump, but if it did, make it very clear and state, if one American is harmed, injured, maimed, killed, we're coming after you, Russia. So I suggest you better be very careful because two can play the threat game. And Vladdy won't win. I said in a tweet, if Russia and China were nuked off the face of the planet, would anybody care? The world would be a better place. Would anybody miss Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin, Borscht, or Fried Cat? The answer is not one person. Be very careful, Vladdy. Very careful. Don't screw with a sleeping giant, the United States of America. As always, make sure that you subscribe to the Cigar Dave Show and the Bold Alpha Podcast. Give us a five-star review. In the event that we post some, uh, some various last-minute shows, podcasts, you'll be notified. You will automatically have the show downloaded. Therefore, in the event something takes place, you will know what's going on. We also may do a Twitter Spaces over the next day or two. Maybe I'll do one tonight. I'm not exactly sure, but we will give you plenty of notice on Twitter. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Cigar Dave Show. Facebook, Cigar Dave. Instagram, Cigar Dave. Getter, at Cigar Dave. And when the new Trump social media platform comes out and they open up accounts, we will be on that as well. So make sure you subscribe to the Cigar Dave Show and Bold Alpha Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. We will keep you updated. Cigar Dave, the general saying, may your humidor always be full. May your cutter always be sharp. May your ash be extra, extra long. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Save America. 
Screw Vladimir Putin. Screw the wussified betas. Live it up.